Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Hello, friends. This is Andy. It is Thursday, May 11th, and I am sorry. I have been absent without leave, AWOL, I guess, for the last couple of days, and I haven't been able to do a podcast because, uh, well, life. I had landscapers out, and they were planting some new things, and I needed to make sure that they were putting the right thing in the right spot, and uh, just one thing after another, had some errands to run, and just didn't have time. So my apologies. I'm very sorry that I didn't let you know ahead of time that I was going to miss a couple of days. I really wasn't expecting that I was going to miss two days, but I did, so I'm sorry. And in the meantime, of course, a couple of things have kind of happened in the news, huh? I <laughs> I have a lot to say. I'm probably going to break some of these things up into several different podcasts and put them out over the next few days because between the, well, we have the E. Jean Carroll uh, decision, we have the news about... George Santos, which I didn't really surprise anybody. I mean, everybody knew that he was up to something, but the fact that the DOJ actually proved it could react fairly quickly to things, wow. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Garland, Folks at the DOJ, there's some stuff going on that's been going on a lot longer than Santos that we're all waiting to hear from you guys. Just a reminder. And, uh, of course, CNN's absolutely disgraceful town hall. So they wanted to be first in highlighting a convicted sexual, I guess they're not calling him a rapist, it's, uh, he was, I, I, I guess, uh, he was found liable for sexual abuse and defamation. I guess sexual abuse, is that the new term that covers rape and all of that? I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's probably what I'm going to talk about first. So if that is a sensitive subject for you, and I realize that there's a lot of people that are very upset and disturbed by that, you might want to skip this particular podcast. And if you are interested in this topic, stay tuned. Episode 165, Defendant Trump. On Tuesday, May 9th, 
a Manhattan jury that consisted of six men and three women awarded E. Jean Carroll $5 million in damages and found former President Donald Trump liable for sexual abuse and defamation. Now, over a dozen women have accused Trump, Mr. Trump, Donald, uh, I do that out of respect for Mary Trump. She refers to him as Donald because her last name, of course, is Trump, and I get that. So my apologies. I'm sure Mary will never hear this, but I'll refer to him as Donald out of respect for her. Uh, over the years, uh, over a dozen women, I, I seem to recall the figure was more like 24 women, have accused Donald of sexual misconduct. And this is the first time that that accusation has been affirmed by a jury of Donald's peers. I'm sure he does not consider them to be peers, but they are. Now, this was a civil case because the statute of limitations for criminal um, cases of this type had apparently run out a long time ago. But New York recently passed legislation that opened a a window of a one-year period to kind of bring some of these older cases back to uh, to life, to look at them again, or to bring them to court. And uh, I always believed E. Jean Carroll. I believed her story, and I generally believe women when they come forward and say that they have been mistreated. And that is especially true when the person who is alleged to have mistreated them is someone who is well-known or, I don't want to use the word famous, I guess that kind of applies, but I wouldn't want that to go to anybody's head. I think it is a bit interesting that the jury did not find that Donald had raped Miss Carroll. Apparently, despite the fact that she had made that claim for a very long time, and it sounds like rape to me, I guess there must be some sort of probably minute difference between a sexual assault or sexual misconduct and rape. At any rate, the the two had apparently met before because there is a photo that exists of Donald in the foreground on the left hand side of the photo with his wife, number one, Ivana Trump, in the foreground on the right side of the photo, and the photographer was taking the picture between them. And in the background, 
close by on the left side of the photo, just past Donald, was E. Jean Carroll. I don't know for certain when that photo was taken, but if Ivana is still part of the picture, obviously that does kind of give you a little bit of a time frame. So they had apparently met before. And this sexual assault was initiated in one of the dressing rooms at the Bergdorf Goodman store in New York City. Apparently, Donald and Ms. Carroll were in the lingerie department. Donald was supposedly looking for a gift for someone. And I guess they were chatting back and forth about, do you like this? Would this be appropriate? I wonder how this would look on. And they were kind of being flirty with one another. And Ms. Carroll, I believe, admitted, you know, there was some flirtation going on, which can be innocent. I don't really understand the whole concept, but uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so... Apparently, it got to the point where somebody, I'm assuming Donald, said something about maybe you could try this on and model it for me. And Ms. Carroll responded, well, why don't you try it on and model it for me or something like that. And they headed toward the dressing area or, or she did, somebody did, and apparently they both ended up back there. And that was when he uh, allegedly... Well, he's now convicted of it, so I guess we can say that he did indeed, according to the jury, sexually abused her. And uh, 30 years later, a jury got to hear the evidence and see the evidence. And yeah, he was guilty. So the... Uh, Jury didn't take long to come to a conclusion, uh, a verdict on this, because the uh, jury returned the verdict uh, not long before 3 p.m. And that uh, they determined that Donald uh, also claimed uh, or defamed Ms. Carroll back in October when he posted a... I don't know what they call it. It's not a tweet. It's on his Truth social platform. I guess it's just a message. I'm not sure what they call them. I've never even looked at Truth social. I have no, uh, I have no interest in it whatsoever. I've just heard that there's a bunch of Nazis on it. Uh, but he posted something on Truth social. Uh, saying that her case was, quote, a complete con job and, and a hoax and a lie. And that was the end of his little post. And uh, Donald's lawyers say that he's, the intention is that they're going to appeal this. Now, it's interesting that uh, Donald didn't call any witnesses and Donald never appeared at the trial. He did have to deliver um, testimony in it 
and that was uh, taken on video during a deposition. And he was, well, I've never watched the whole thing. I've seen little snippets of it. And he was, Trump was, or Donald was very, um, just very vague on a lot of things. When he was shown the picture that I mentioned earlier with, with Ivana and him and E. Jean Carroll in it and was asked to identify all of the people, he identified E. Jean Carroll as his second wife, Marla Maples. And E. Jean Carroll's attorney said, you know, basically, you might want to look at that again, isn't that Ms. Carroll? <laughs> uh, I don't know why Donald would have thought that Marla Maples and Ivana would be in the same picture and both of them kind of smiling. Uh, maybe they did meet before they knew what was going on, or I guess it could have been after the divorce. I don't know. I haven't really been a fan of Donald's, so I haven't really followed him that much. But the bottom line is, one of the comments that he made about E. Jean Carroll, uh, I believe it was while he was president, or maybe when he was running for president, I'm not sure when, but he made a comment that she just wasn't his type. Well, he mistook her for his second wife, so that pretty much says, yeah, she's his type. And she's blonde, and she's pretty, and she has been described by good friends of hers as being leggy, which apparently is something he likes. And I don't think anybody would look at E. Jean Carroll and say she's not an attractive person, because she is. And apparently, when she was younger, she was an absolute knockout. So, so much for that. He didn't do himself any favors. And, uh, so I'm happy for Miss Carol. And there were a lot of things that came up during this trial that I, I think in the long run, it's a good thing that they did come out. One of the comments uh, that was discussed was, or one of the questions that was discussed was, you know, did she scream? Did she call out for help when she was being attacked? And she said no. Because... You don't do that. And I totally get that. You're afraid that they're going to become more violent because if you're being sexually assaulted, that takes it to a whole different level than just being assaulted. If you're being assaulted, somebody's, you know, hitting you or whatever, uh, that's one thing. But when it's a sexual assault, then you're getting into some pretty, I'll just say, private territory, and you fear for your life. You don't want the attacker to become angrier and do something even worse than what they're already doing. And for women, even though it's not their fault, a lot of women are ashamed. A lot of women don't want to admit that it's happened at all because they find it to be a shameful thing to have to admit. It takes a lot of courage, especially when you have to go before the public 
and call out someone who is well-known, a public figure. Because then you've got all the pressure of, <laughs> you know, their fans, if, they, if they're an actor, or in this case, an actor, sort of, slash, um, former, I'll say illegitimate president, because there's a lot of evidence that shows, and there is evidence that shows that Russia helped get Trump elected in 2016. And Russia is not a friendly nation. So I consider him to be an illegitimate president because I think he has caused a lot of damage to this country, the likes of which we probably will not fully know or realize for some time yet. I think there's a lot more that we don't even know about. So, I, <laughs> I totally get the fact that she didn't call out. The thing that was very helpful was that she did talk to several friends immediately after this happened. And apparently one of her friends said, oh, you, you know, you were raped. You've got to call the police. And the other one said, don't report it because he's a powerful man. He's got a lot of money. He's got all these attorneys and he will drag you through the dirt. And we've seen Donald do this to others. So that probably was wise advice, except it allowed this kind of behavior apparently to continue. So, um, and another thing that didn't work out for Donald very well was the fact that he cannot resist the temptation to brag about himself. And I guess he doesn't have enough people doing that for him, so he feels he has to pick up the slack and one of the things that came to light during the campaign back in 2016 was uh, he was on a um, video discussing how, as a celebrity, he could grab women's genitals and uh, get away with it. You didn't even have to ask him. You just grab him because you're a celebrity. And he has always wanted to project an image of being so attractive and so virile that he's just irresistible to women. Women just cannot resist him. Frankly, uh, that's lost on me completely. I have never found him to be attractive. He's always looked like a snot-nosed, spoiled brat to me. Even when he was younger, he always had that sneer on his face. And the bottom line is, he's not the stable genius that he wants everybody to believe. So, one thing I'll point out to everybody is... His supporters 
talk about how old Joe Biden is, even though Joe Biden is just, what, barely four years older than Donald. But very often they will talk about his cognitive issues. And, you know, I thought that Joe Biden had some cognitive issues as well. Back when he was running for the uh, presidency in 2020, I thought he seemed kind of uh, like he wasn't as sharp as he had been in the past. But he does have a speech impediment, I guess you would call it. I'm not an expert on that. But he has a, he has a little bit of a lisp and, and kind of a... He doesn't always... Things don't always come out of his mouth the way he wants them to. And I certainly understand that because, believe me, I listen to my podcasts after I record them and I'm like, why did I say that? That doesn't make any sense. That's ridiculous. Everybody misspeaks. Everybody makes mistakes and, and blunders and guffaws when they're talking. It's just human nature. Especially when you've got a zillion other things going on in your mind at the same time. And so I kind of felt like maybe Joe Biden had some, some issues. But how bad do you have to be when you look at a photo of someone and you don't even know who they are and you mistake them for wife number two. Of course, I guess he's had a lot of pretty blondes in his life. <laughs> so maybe he can't keep track of all of them, but I mean, really, how lost mentally do you have to be? And when you go back and look at some of the answers that Trump provided to reporters, you know, when he would come out of the White House and you had the helicopters running in the background and the wind blowing and all the noise and everything, they, the reporters would ask him questions. And if you go back and read the transcript of his response, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. It's ridiculous. So, Trump doesn't have any room to talk, and neither do his supporters, because he <laughs> makes blunders all the time, and he cannot resist the temptation to open his mouth and flap it about, uh, uh, about things. And uh, it's so bad, and his supporters are so vehemently... Uh, in support of him, that anybody that they feel not only doesn't support him, but especially if they disagree with him, or if they discuss things that he's done that are accurate but aren't uh, favorable to Donald, they go on the attack. The judge in this particular case had to advise the jury to not use their real names even to each other. And he warned them again at the end of the trial that it's probably best that they do not identify themselves ever as one of the jurors who sat on this case. That's pretty bad. That's very bad. So... Uh, there were some uh, interesting things that happened during the trial. Um, jury instructions 
included uh, three options for finding Donald liable for battery, which meant that he assaulted Ms. Carroll, or that he had raped her, sexually abused her, or forcibly touched her. And the unanimous vote uh, would, would affirm that Ms. Carroll had proven that it was more uh, than likely um, than not to be true that he had actually done something to her that was against the law. And the difference between this civil case and a criminal case is when jurors are asked to look at the level of guilt in a criminal case, they have to meet a higher standard, which is you have to believe that the evidence shows beyond a reasonable doubt that this crime did indeed occur. And nobody knows why jurors decided to go with the offense of abuse instead of rape. So uh, New York state law describes uh, or defines sexual abuse as subjecting a person to sexual contact without their consent. And under state law, rape is defined as sexual intercourse without consent that involves um, um, basically penetration of the penis and the vaginal opening. So we don't really know. Uh, and if the jurors do as the judge suggested and maintain their secrecy to protect their identity, we may never know unless somebody comes out anonymously and explains it. Um, Ms. Carroll was an advice columnist for Elle magazine, and she was very well known in uh, uh, Manhattan in the uh, um, media field. And um, so, who knows? We'll see what uh, what comes of it after the um, appeal. If there is an appeal, we we know Donald doesn't seem to mind um, <laughs> dragging things out in court as long as possible. But one of the things that I heard that I thought was interesting is the defense. Um, the attorney uh, that represented Donald got into it with, got into trouble, I guess you could say, with the judge a few times. And it was pretty obvious that this judge was not going to put up with any of the typical ridiculousness from uh, uh, Trump's attorneys. So I think that's interesting. I think maybe. Hopefully, I'm hoping that word is out that if you are a judge and you end up with a Donald Trump case, be prepared for the attorneys to do um, 
everything they can possibly think of to slow things down, uh, to disrupt, obfuscate, anything they could possibly do, they're going to throw. And, and, and I guess legally, that's probably being a, I guess, a good attorney. You're doing everything you can possibly think of for your client, but it does tend to clog up the um, court system. And the judge, his name, uh, Judge is Kaplan, um, actually had to quote a definition uh, out of Black's Law Dictionary in court, reading it aloud to Trump's attorney <laughs> to say, you know, come on, I'm tired of the BS. Let's get on with this. So anyway, um, convicted, convicted of sexual abuse and defamation. And I think that's a good thing for the country. And I am very happy for, uh, well, I'm not going to say happy. I'm relieved for Ms. Carroll. I am sorry that she had to endure what she went through. And I'm sorry that she had to put up with the pain and the suffering that she's gone through. And there was a time in America where a person who treated women this way would have not had a career in politics. And the fact that somebody of such horrendous, long-time abusive behavior toward women, toward laws, toward protocol, people, Someone like Trump, who has just flagrantly violated and disrespected everyone and everything for years, the fact that he is now the leading person in the Republican Party is a condemnation of that party, in my opinion. A complete condemnation. What exactly has happened to the Republican Party that someone like Donald is the top candidate? If you're not disturbed by that, uh, you should be. For a very long time, the Republican Party has professed to be the party of law and order. They have professed to be the party of Christianity, high morals, high family values and standards. The party of character, good character. And yet, the person who is at the very top of that party right now is a man who has exhibited none of those things. When it comes to Christianity, he doesn't go to church. Now, you don't have to be a churchgoer to be a Christian. I understand that. 
And I understand that the Bible does say something about uh, putting on a big display of your faith in public. And it's preferable to just have moments uh, by yourself, just between you and, and your God. That's what really counts, because that's something just between you and your Creator, if that's what you believe. But Donald Trump is none of those things, and his history, which is documented and factual, proves that. He has reneged on business contracts for years, not wanting to pay the amount that was agreed upon. People take him to court. He drags it out until the point where they can't, they wipe out all of their assets, practically uh, paying legal bills. And that's what he wants because he knows he can last longer than they can. And there's tons of documentation on that. I watched videos back when he said he was going to run for president of of, of a man who had a, a family-owned business. I think it was, uh, I want to say it was cabinetry or something, countertops. Uh, I'm not really sure, but it was uh, to, to outfit a hotel or a casino or something that, that Trump was building. And uh, they got to the end of... of construction and then all of a sudden they didn't want to pay the bill because they said the quality wasn't there. And this guy, I think, practically lost his business over this because that was a big, big, big contract for them. It's just a small family-owned business. And I worked for a developer for a long time and I was on new properties, construction sites, a lot. And I know how that works, and you have people on site as the developers, the builder, looking at stuff, and if you see that the quality is not what it should be, or if something has been installed incorrectly, you report it to the construction supervisor, who's supposed to be on site virtually all the time when something is being built, and you go through channels at that point saying this vanity is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not what we were expecting. The quality is lacking. And you do that early on. You don't do it at the end. And just look at his history. The Trump University. It was a fraud the man ran a fraud university, and I think he had to refund $25 million to people that he defrauded. Fraud is a person of good character, one that would commit fraud, do family values and high morals and high standards fit into that? I don't think so. No. Would a Christian defraud someone else? No, they would not. Not a true Christian. How about the uh, Trump Foundation, the charitable organization that was ordered to be shut down by the court because of abusive practices by the Trump family? 
Now he has three kids with Ivana, the three eldest kids, Donnie Jr. and little Eric and Ivanka were the ones allegedly, I guess, most involved with the Trump Foundation, but it was ordered to be shut down. It was fined $2 million, and the Trump kids had to apparently take a class or a course uh, about not defrauding people or something, maybe business ethics or something like that, and they have been prohibited from ever sitting on the board or directing a foundation in New York again. Really? Again, where is the character in that? Where are the high morals and the values? Where's the Christianity? I recall hearing at one time that the foundation was literally stealing money from kids with cancer. Now, I can't state that that's 100% true because I haven't sat down and researched that fact, but I have heard it from reputable sources. My apologies if that's not correct, but, I mean, come on. The foundation was ordered shut down. I do know that for a fact. It's pretty bad. Pretty bad. The man is cheated on every single one of his wives. That's been documented in the tabloids and in magazines and on TV for years. He's cheated on the mothers of all of his children, including the current mother, Melania, little Baron. I shouldn't say little, like he's like 12 feet tall. <laughs> but uh, the man's, he can't be trusted. He doesn't care about his marriage vows, obviously. It's nothing to him. How many times has he filed for bankruptcies, discharging debt in court? Somebody has to absorb that loss. It's not him. It's so bad that there aren't any banks based in the United States of America that want to do business with him anymore because they've all <laughs> they've all been screwed. Is that a man of good character and high values and high morals? Is that someone you want running the country? Come on, people. Really? The Republicans are just dead set on finding something bad about the Bidens. And the thing that they don't seem to get is most Democrats, most progressives, the attitude is, we don't care if you investigate the Bidens, and if they've done something wrong, then you know what? Yeah, we want them held accountable. Even though they're Democrats, we don't care. If they've done something wrong, they need to be held accountable. What the Republicans don't get is we want them to also hold Republicans accountable and not look the other way based on party. And that is what the Republican Party is doing. We have people sitting in Congress right now that have violated the Constitution of the United States of America. And they should not be in Congress, but here they are. And they're the ones with the loudest, biggest mouths. 
The Republican Party has known that George Santos, who is in the House of Representatives, has a long history of issues. Did they not vet him? Apparently not. But he has now been charged with 13 counts by the Department of Justice. Election fraud, I don't know. <laughs> we don't even know for sure who he really is, I don't think. He's got several different names. We don't really know about his education or his work history or, you know, I'm sure all of this is going to come out now. But... The Republicans have known about these issues since January or, or even before that, and they've looked the other way. Is that what you want in a political party that's going to run your country? You want a, a corrupt party that is willing to look the other way when one of their own does something they shouldn't do and instead focus on the opposing party? No, I don't. I want fairness. I want equality. I want everybody to be treated equally. And there should be investigations right now in Congress. They ought to be investigating members of the Supreme Court. But the Republicans in the House are the ones that probably would initiate something like that. Certainly an impeachment process. They're not interested in that. They're interested in Biden and Hunter Biden. Well, I don't care if they go after Hunter Biden, but Hunter Biden is a private citizen and he is not a member of the Biden administration. And if the Department of Justice or some local law enforcement wants to look into something, I don't have any problem with that. But at the same time, I have seen things with the Trump children and some of them were in the Trump administration and I would like to know why certain things happened. Like, why is it that Jared Kushner's 666 building that was in trouble of being foreclosed on, how did that get bailed out while he was in the White House, in the Trump administration? And how is it he walked away with $2 billion from the Saudis just right after he left the White House? How is that? I would think that that would be worthy of an investigation, but not to the Republicans. The Republican Party has just turned into a garbage Nazi party. I see flat-out racism by people who are high up in the Republican Party. They want to erase black history. Really? That sure sounds racist to me. Anyway, uh, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to try to get another podcast or two recorded today and get caught up. I've got an awful lot to talk about. So I am going to say goodbye. I hope you have a great day unless you have other plans. And as always, thank you very, very much for your time. And again, accept my apologies for being absent the last couple of days. I don't like that, but it's um, difficult sometimes for me to find an appropriate place to record and do so without interruption, <laughs> which I was interrupted three times while I was recording this. So that has to do with the level of quality. I just uh, I need to have a place where I can go in and close the door and 
say no interruptions, but of course three cats don't respond always to no interruptions. <laughs> they don't they don't seem to care about podcasts. Again, thanks for your time. Talk to you again soon. Okay, I know I said goodbye already, but I did a little more research just to provide some more information on possibly why the jury in the E. Jean Carroll Donald Trump case decided to, um, <laughs> I guess, mystify even some legal experts uh, when they determined that Trump was found liable for sexual abuse, but not rape. And so what I came up with is that the nine-member jury deliberated for three hours, and they were presented with a verdict form that had 10 yes and no questions listed on it. One of them was whether Carol proved with the preponderance of evidence that Trump had raped her in a department store dressing room over 20 years ago, or was it 20 years ago, or 30? Yeah, anyway, since we're not sure on the uh, exact date, Carol even said that she wasn't certain of the exact date. Maybe she wanted to forget it. I don't blame her, but it could have been in 1995 or 1996, uh, most people seem to feel. But that question um, was kind of an important one. And there was, uh, uh, there's a, uh, 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 another question that appeared after that one that asked whether the evidence proved that Donald had sexually abused Carol. And the difference is, as I stated earlier, under New York law, sexual abuse is, uh, considered to be any type of sexual contact of the sexual or other internal parts of a person for the purpose of gratifying sexual desire of either party. Rape is a similar definition, but it specifically states sexual intercourse has occurred with another person without their consent, and that would mean vaginal intrusion by a penis. And so apparently that was, that was the issue. And it's very possible at some point we may get some details. One of the jurors may agree to come forward to a journalist or something and under a promise of keeping their identity secret maybe they will better explain anyway that's the best explanation that i could come up with this this up with at this point thanks thank you for listening i would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it you can also find me on twitter at federal andy and i'd be really grateful if you would follow me I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Mm -hmm.